Ladies and gentlemen, take a walk with me to a place where entertainment is king and knowledge rules the airwaves. The broadcast that's right on target. We call this Hitting the Mark. My name is Ray Carr, along with Cindy Verblin and the star of our show, Jeffrey Mark. Hello there, folks. Hey, are you feeling funny? Put your funny hats on because we're going to talk about one of the greatest comedy writers who's ever lived. He was a dear, dear friend of mine. His name is Bob Schiller. He didn't write anything you've ever heard of. Only like Our Miss Brooks and I Love Lucy and The Lucy Show and All in the Family and Maud. Nothing you've ever heard of before. <laughs> Bob Schiller was part of a comedy writing team of Schiller and Weisskopf. Uh, they were both named Bob. In fact, when they were working on Lucy's shows, the third and fourth writers were uh, Bob Carroll Jr. and Madeline Pugh Martin Davis, and they were called the Three Bobs and a Babe. But I was closest to Bob Schiller in his home hundreds of times. We had lunch together hundreds of times. And I'd like, to get, I'd, I'd like for you to get to know him. He's gone now, but good heavens, he was a good friend to me. And you want to talk about uh, having a non-sexual orgasm sit with a brilliant comedy writer and write comedy with him and just go, I can't believe I'm doing this. I can't believe I'm doing this. I'm the luckiest guy on the planet. I can't believe I'm doing this because Bob was brilliant. Now, what made Bob so talented? I mean, how was he able to come up with this stuff without looking, you know, sounding like everybody else? I think that kind of thing is like how did Judy Garland sing the way she did or how did Fred Astaire dance the way he did? You're born with talent. You recognize the talent. You develop the talent. And in Bob Schiller's case, he was fortunate enough to meet Bob Weisskopf, who had at one time been a roommate of Jess Oppenheimer's, who was the creator of I Love Lucy. So uh, who you know, when you know him, having the talent, recognizing it, and developing it. And if you asked Bob, how do you do this? He gave you a two-word answer. Think crooked. Meaning, don't think in a logical order. Put your setup in logic, and then take a twist and a turn to the right or the left, and that's what makes it so funny. What's Bob's background? Where did he start out from? And, uh, you know, how did he get to the point where he was writing for these major programs? It's a funny thing. You almost say, oh, Jeff, you're making this up. The major director of I Love Lucy was my friend, William Asher. The major editor of I Love Lucy was Dan Kahn. Bob Schiller's, Bill Asher's, and Dan Kahn's father's all knew one another because Dan Kahn was a second generation editor. His father edited at Universal Studios and uh, Bob Schiller's father was a haberdasher who uh, provided clothing to the stars back then. Bill Asher's father, F, was, was a, a director. Uh, so they all worked together they think they knew each other as children. They're not sure. But uh, unlike a lot of the people we've talked about through the weeks who happen to be Jewish, uh, all being born in Brooklyn, New York, or the Lower East Side of Manhattan, 
uh, Bob Schiller was a West Coast Jewish guy. Uh, so his background was not as steeped in Eastern European Judaica. His people had come a little bit before. They were a little more assimilated. And he was, so he was a West Coast guy. And he knew about show business because he had been exposed to it as a child. Hmm. It wasn't foreign for him. Yeah. His first big break, um, you know, what was the first thing that really got his foot in the door? He began directing right after World War II. He did some stage things that were well thought of. He did like some short subject things that were well thought of. And he was brought in when they were putting together Our Miss Brooks. Keep in mind that at Desi Lu Studios, the home of I Love Lucy, the three camera format that Lucy Ball and Desi Arnaz developed with a hundred other people was brand new and they didn't have extra people just hanging around. The second sitcom they developed after I love Lucy was our Miss Brooks, which had already been a radio show and they were transferring it to television for Lucille's friend, Eve Arden and Bill got hired. Bill Asher got hired as a director on that show. Because, again, remember the familial stuff. Bob Schiller had begun writing radio things. Bill Asher was aware of Bob. Bob Schiller and Bob Weisskopf knew of each other. Bob Weisskopf knew Jess Oppenheimer. So there's this circle of people who are aware of each other here. So Bob Schiller began writing for radio. He began writing for Abbott and Costello on radio. And uh, a couple of, he, he, he worked for Duffy's Tavern on radio, which back then was an enormous, big hit radio sitcom. And when they were bringing our Miss Brooks to television, they brought on uh, Bob Weisskopf. Bob had been working with other people. Bob Weisskopf felt he worked better with a partner. And uh, they knew that Bob Schiller didn't have one. So they brought Schiller and Weisskopf together and it was like a marriage made in heaven. They, they, it was like two halves would found their whole, W-H-O-L-E. They, they had, each of them had their pluses and minuses, put them together and they were an unbeatable writing team. Uh, brilliant comedy minds and two men who loved to work hard. How hard did they work, Jeff? They would spend an entire afternoon and I'm hoping our friends out there listening were fans of the sitcom Maud with wonderful B. Arthur, who I got to know later in her life. And one of the catchphrases they came up with was when she was very angry at her television husband, God will get you for that, or God will get you for that, Walter. They'd spend an afternoon arguing, is this a God will get you for that? Or will it be funnier for me to say, God will get you for that, Walter? Four or five hours were spent arguing whether that word would be funnier or not having the word funnier. That's how seriously they took their comedy. That's how professional they were about their writing. It was never, oh, let's get through this. It was always, let's, let's do excellent work. Let's be brilliant. Because anything less than that was unacceptable. Yeah. 
it, it was, um, but they had B. Arthur that really was able to make those words come alive. Yeah, but it's a funny thing. You could have the funniest person in the world. If it's not on the page, it's not on the show. So the humor does not stem from B. It stems from the situations and the writing. And then you need Eve Arden, B. Arthur, Lucille Ball, Don Knotts, whoever it is, to then deliver and take what is excellent and make it even better. But those people without the writing uh, are deaf and, dying, deaf and blind and mute because without the words, you can't do anything. Without the situations, you can't do anything. And these are television shows that have to get filmed in four or five days. There's no time for the actor to fool around and rewrite. You have to work with what's there. So the comedy writer, it's all about the writing with sitcoms, the writing and uh, who gets cast. If your casting is excellent and your writing is excellent, your show is going to be excellent. Sometimes, but I, I saw an episode of Armist Brooks. Um, they show, you know, I Love Lucy everywhere. And it, at some point they were showing a couple of episodes of Armist Brooks in the middle. And I saw Eve Arden and I thought, I think she's trying to be Lucille Ball because her hair was done the same. She had the same kind of clothes. They'd written the same kind of humor. And it didn't work for me. Let me, it's, it's a funny thing how you're reacting to that. First of all, Eve Arden and Lucille Ball were both RKO movie mm -hmm. studio contract players. They okay. did several films together. They were both trained by Ginger Rogers' mother, Lila. So, and they were both tall, long-leggedy. They both had done some musical comedy work. They were different in their styles, but they did the same kind of work. Oh, they're both as, insanely as, talented. As did, as did Ann Southern, did the same kind of work. So when they brought our Miss Brooks to television, and you're talking about Lucy writers and Lucy directors and Lucy sets and Lucy customers and Lucy hairstyle, you know, yeah, there are going to be similarities between the shows because it's the same factory putting them out. This the same way in some MGM musicals, some other people were interchangeable. But Eve Arden wasn't trying to be Lucille Ball. Eve was already doing this kind of comedy, as yeah. had Miss Ball, just very differently. The difference was that Eve Arden didn't own the sets. Lucille Ball owned the sets. Mm -hmm. But uh, the similarity was there on purpose. Uh, there, okay. there, there were in the 1950s, we're getting way off topic here, but there were in the 1950s, Lots of shows that were ripoffs of I Love Lucy. Our Miss Brooks, My Little Margie, I Marry Joan were all very much in the same vein of I Love Lucy. Lu I Love Lucy was first, but Our Miss Brooks had already been a radio show mm -hmm. uh, with a different dynamic and some, somewhat of a different cast. But uh, that, that's why. That's why you, I mean, it was a good observation on your point. Oh, your part when I was a little boy watching these things, I noticed it like, oh, all right. So when I see Desi Lou at the end, I so the, the music's yeah. gonna be very similar, and the show is I, I, I loved all those shows, but uh, but we're getting a little far afield from Bob Schiller, who is our topic of conversation. 
So, so yeah. Bob Schiller and Bob Weisskopf began writing on radio. They began writing the Our Miss Brooks radio shows. When the show went to television, they also began writing that. They began writing the Colgate Comedy Hour in New York together uh, for Abbott and Costello. And I believe for Martin and Lewis too a little bit. Time went by. And after the first four seasons of I Love Lucy, Bob and Madeline, Bob Carroll Jr., Madeline Pugh, Martin Davis, were getting written out. Uh, they had had a huge head start, as did our Miss Brooks, in having a radio series that could pull plot lines and jokes from and put them on television. Well, They'd gone through all of my favorite husband, which was the precursor to I Love Lucy. Mm-hmm. And they're like, you know, what do we do next? It's an amazing thing where there's 9 million producers and 9 million writers on every show these days. I Love Lucy had one producer, Jess Oppenheimer, a writing team, Jess Oppenheimer as head writer, Bob and Madeline. Desi was the executive producer. And for four seasons, that's how it was. Jess decided maybe they needed to bring on some extra writers to bring in some new blood and people that he knew that he could trust who would be able to deliver the same kind of culture to the show. So for the fifth season of I Love Lucy, it was Jess Oppenheimer and the three Bobs and Madeline. And that's how they came to I Love Lucy. Uh, Bob and Madeline eventually left the show as did Jess Oppenheimer leaving Bob Schiller and Bob Weisskopf to do the major plots of the last two seasons of I Love Lucy and to write alone all those hour-long I Love Lucy shows in the late 50s. When Lucille decided to go to Broadway, uh, the the two Bobs went over to uh, other sitcoms and then came back for the Lucy show and wrote for her for another three years. So there's a long, long, long... um, comedy marriage between Lucille Ball's television shows and the comedy writing team of Bob Schiller and Bob Weisskopf. This is Hitting the Mark. I am Cindy Verbalin with Ray Carr and our star, the Mark, Jeffrey Mark. 